We started a few weeks ago. Welcome to those who are listening by podcast as well. We welcome you to our CFAM. Uh, we are uh, in this series on Elisha, looking at the life of Elisha and how he stepped in the footsteps of his predecessor, Elijah. And as he walked in those steps of faith, God built his faith to believe God for great things that he accomplished in his life. And what we're saying is, during this series, God build my faith, right? God build my faith. Help me to step into those same footprints and grow my faith. And and so today, the story we're going to look at is, is about something that got lost. Have you ever lost something? Or have you ever thought you lost something? Okay, uh, again, I hope this doesn't cause me to have to have marriage therapy after today. But uh, anyway, my wife, uh, often over the years of cell phones, we have gotten in the car to go somewhere, and she'll say, wait, where's my phone? And when this started happening, I'll admit, I would freak out. You know, especially if we were at a restaurant or somewhere, I'd think, oh, my gosh, it's in there on the table. Somebody's stolen it and whatever now. And, you know, I'd just be, where's the phone? Where's the phone? But I don't do that anymore. Because nine times out of ten, or 99, oh, I got a witness, uh, 99 times out of 100, It's in her purse in the car, in one of the 40 pockets that she has, buried under 40 pounds of stuff uh, that's in there. And and so what's been fun more recently is she has an, an Apple Watch. And one of the cool features of an Apple Watch is you can find your phone uh, you can get it to ping. And so my daughter, a lot of times from the back seat, when Rochelle's saying, where's my phone? Hold on, where's my phone? She'll say, Mom, ping it. Just ping it. And, and Rochelle sometimes will, okay. Ping. Ping. It's in the car. It's in her purse. We just got to locate it, you know, dive in there and, and come out with it. But I've done stuff, I've done things too, you know, crazy stuff. Maybe you've even walked around the house saying, where is my phone? Where is my phone? And somebody said, it's in your hand. It's right there. So I I don't know if you've lost something before or thought you lost it, but we're going to read this story, and today I want to apply it spiritually because what's worse than losing your phone is losing your spirituality. It's losing your touch with God. And you can lose, how many know, you can lose your passion. You can lose your hope. You can lose your joy. And even at this time of the year, your joy gauge might be running low, your faith gauge, your hope gauge. 
And, and this prophet Elisha, I mean, he has done amazing things. When, you know, just in this series, we've seen him burn plows and follow after Elijah like nobody's business. We have seen him uh, cause miracles of multiplication to happen. Uh, you know, he even raised the dead back to life. And he caused a man who had an incurable disease of leprosy to be totally, completely clear cleaned and healed by God's power. This guy could blind an army. It is amazing all the things he's done. And so this story that we're going to read today, it kind of, I'll admit, one of the first times I came across this story, I was kind of shocked it made the cut. You ever ever done that? It's like I'm kind of surprised that's even in there. Because it just seems like such a trivial thing. It seems like a guy who's raised the dead, who's, who's cured incurable diseases and done all these miraculous things. Now, today we're going to read where he causes this guy who loses his axe head, he causes it to float to the surface because it landed in the water. And that, to me, just seems a little below his pay grade, if you know what I'm talking about. It's kind of like, really? You're going to get worked up about that? But here's what this story means to me, all right? Is that God is so big, and yet he so cares for the little things. Isn't that good? He still cares for the little things. Matter of fact, one day Jesus said, do you see that sparrow? You see that little bird? Well, your father is concerned and knows when it falls to the ground. And this, this is what else he said. You're worth more than that little bird. So let me tell you something. He's concerned about you today. He's concerned even about the thing that you thought, I don't even need to write that down on that prayer card. I'm sure there's people here with bigger problems than what I have. And, and so why should I even bother God with this? You know, I'll just be praying about it. And maybe, you know, it's something like a headache or maybe it's a, a lost phone or something like that. And, and now it's not in the purse. You don't know where it is or whatever. But our God is even able to cause an axe head to float, as we're going to see in a moment. And so today is, is concerning about your small things as well and about where maybe you might have lost your edge. So let's turn to 2 Kings in chapter 6. And if you don't have a Bible, we'll have it on the screen. Here's what it says. The company of the prophets said to Elisha, Look, the place where we meet with you is too small for us. We've got to build a bigger place. Isn't that awesome? I mean, it's church growth. They're, they're expanding. They're, they're growing. And he says, let's go to the Jordan where each of us can get a pole and let us build a place there for us to meet. And he said, go. Then one of them said, won't you please come with your servants? And I, I will, Elisha replied. And then he went with them. They went to the Jordan, began to cut down trees. And as one of them was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. Oh, no, my Lord, he cried out. It was borrowed. The man of God asked, where did it fall? 
And when he showed him the place, Elisha cut a stick. We've seen the power of God through a stick, right? And he threw it in there, and he made the iron float. Lift it out, he said, and then the man reached out his hand and took it. And I want us to look today at how God can help you find what you didn't even mean to lose. That he specializes in finding lost things. That you know, you know, if you've lost your spiritual edge, maybe you used to read the Bible every day. Maybe at least most of the time you would read it and get inspired by it. Maybe you followed a Bible program and the version app, and then at one point you just gave up and quit following it, and then, you know, somebody says, well, yeah, I haven't seen you in church. Yeah, we haven't been there in a couple weeks, and then you start adding it up, and it's actually been a couple months since you've been there. Or maybe you used to go to life group, and you used to get with other people, talk about the message and how it applied to you and how, how it applies to them, and you had that interaction, and and now you don't. Maybe you used to, you know, have have yourself really involved in in prayer, and and, and you would really seek the Lord. And maybe you served Him and, and volunteered for things like the Christmas store and things like that. But now there's been some eroded standards in your life. Maybe you've gotten a lot more cynical than what you used to be. Maybe prayer is not your first response to problems. Maybe you're one of the last to volunteer and serve. Maybe you no longer pray publicly and study to learn more about God. Maybe you've kind of lost touch with spiritual things. Maybe you've lost your spiritual edge. And how many know it can come unexpectedly? You know, most of us don't plan to drift from God. It just happens. It's kind of like a marriage. How many of you know your marriage can drift? And just like that, your relationship with God can drift. You know, you begin skipping church, and next thing you know, the pursuit of materialism has its stranglehold on you, and you never have enough, and you always want more. Before long, maybe you're fighting depression, and that hasn't happened in a long time, but it's happening again. You know, that addiction you thought you had victory over, and yet now it seems to want to creep back into your life. That hurtful comment that someone made to you, and and you thought, I'll shake that off, but you didn't. And it began to grow roots in your heart and in your life. And you developed a root of bitterness as a result. How many know that stuff can happen? That can happen in our lives. And you can lose your spiritual edge because it's not automatic. How many know the good things in life don't usually come automatic, right? You got to work for it. You got to put effort toward it. You got to have daily decisions in order for it to happen. So I want us to look today at this story and pick out some things that will help us on God's recovery plan. God, here's good news God has a recovery plan. Turn to the person next to you and say, God has a plan. God has a plan. That's the good news. God has a plan. So here's the first thing you need to do. If you're taking notes, write this down. Identify where 
you lost it. You need to identify where you lost it. The man of God asked in verse 6, where did it fall? Where did you lose it? You know, you're working hard, you're doing life, you're swinging away, but all of a sudden the edge is gone. You're, you're just working hard, you're trying to make stuff happen and whatever, but if you really look, all of a sudden you notice the edge is gone. I am working harder than ever and accomplishing less. The axe head, here's the good news, the axe head is not really gone. It's where you left it. See, that's why the prophet said, tell me where it is. Tell me where it is. Where exactly were you last when you had it? Where do you think you were? And if you just think about your life, you can analyze and say, oh, I know where I got off track. Right? I know where I made the wrong turn. I remember when I got those friends in my life. I remember when I began to hang around a different crowd. I remember when I stopped going to church as much as I used to. I, oh, I remember when I quit keeping up with daily reading and trying to pray and talk to God and have him feed my spirit. I remember when I quit going to life group, quit having that influence in my life. I remember when I decided I needed all my money and I wasn't going to bring God's tithe back to him. I, I remember when I thought I could do better with it than what he could. I remember when I thought, I, this isn't hurting anybody else. It'll be okay. And someone hurt you perhaps during that time and you never intended to live like a bitter person. It just happen but here's the thing this guy does he does the right thing and here's what I'm going to encourage you to do he cries out he cries out for help because this is not a job for a self-help book right Come on, somebody. This isn't a job for, I just need to go to a self-help seminar, and I'm not knocking those things. Those things could be beneficial maybe in your life. But I'm telling you, there are things that only God can help. How many know that? That there's things that only he can do. Only God can do. And so he calls out to the prophet. He says, this is bigger than me. My only hope is in the power of God showing up in my life. He is my answer. And here's what I love about the prophet. If you look, he doesn't scold this guy. He doesn't berate him and say, you knucklehead. Why didn't you have that axe head fixed? Did you not notice it was loose? You know, what's your problem? I mean, you're going to get out here and do this job and do it halfway? Give me a break. That's not what he said. No, instead, he says, where were you at when it happened? See, God's not concerned today about all the details. That's why when people come for prayer, sometimes they'll just say, oh, 
and then five years ago I decided this, and then two years ago I decided that, and then I got this person, and, oh, and they told me this. And I, You know what? That's not important. What do you want God to do today? That's what's important. How many know that? What, what do you, where do you want to go from here? And so the prophet looks at this guy and he says, where did it fall? Because we can do something if we know what happened, if we just know where it is. And, and he put a stick in that water and the Bible says that axe head floated up to the surface because God can do anything. He can make anything possible. So here's the thing. He said, lift it out. Pick it up where you left it. Write that down. Pick up where you left it. Turn to the person next to you and say, pick it back up. Pick it back up. You got to pick it up. He showed him the place. He threw the stick in the water. The iron head, it floated to the surface, and he says, lift it out. With God's help, you can take back what you lost. We learned one week that only God can send the water, but you have to dig the ditch, right? I mean, remember that. And we learned that God can multiply the oil, but you have to get the vessels for it to flow in, and you've got to begin to pour it. And so today, you you know that only God can make iron float in water, but you have to pick it up. You have to reach in. You have to do your part. And there's an evil one who will come along and say, "Ah, oh, you're too late. You're too late. That, that, that can't happen for you. you, you you've really blown it. You've messed up. Up. You'll never have it again. And I want to say to that person with God, it is never too late. That God specializes in too late situations. It looked too late on Easter morning, but how many know Jesus rose from the dead on the third day just like he said? And anything is possible when God's in it. Anything's possible when God's in it. So it's never too late to be what God wants you to be. It is never too late to have what God wants you to have. It is never too late. You've never gone too far, too much, too deep, too extreme for God's grace and mercy to be greater still, to lift you out of that situation. God can still defy gravity today. If you believe that, give God a shout right now. But see, God will do his part, but you got to do your part. You do what you can do, and you trust God to do what only he can do. Look at Revelation. I love this. It says, you have forsaken, God speaking, the love you had at first. He's talking to a church. And he says, consider. In other words, now, where'd you lose it? Consider how far you've fallen. Now what do you do? Now you repent and do the things you did at first. 
See, you've got to go back. What, what were you doing? Oh, I was going to life group. Oh, I, I was reading my Bible. Oh, I was uh, listening by podcast when I couldn't be there. Oh, I was doing some things, uh, volunteering and getting involved with others. It's like a person who suffers from depression. You say, well, when does it start? And they say, oh, it starts when I get up. You say, well, what, what happens? What, when, when you get up, what do you do? Oh, f- well, first thing I do is watch the news. It's like if I did that, I'd be depressed too, right? So, so maybe instead of doing that, what you ought to do, if you're catching the news, you got your CNN, your Fox News, or whatever it is app, and, and you're hitting on that, maybe you ought to hit on the Bible app and start reading a verse or two every morning before you go to the other thing, and you may not even want to go to the other thing after that. Because you'll say, oh, I don't need any more of that. I need some more of this. I need to read some more of, of what God has to say, not what man has to say. Are you willing to participate in getting it back? God specializes in rescue missions, in recovery missions. But we have to cooperate. He wants a partner in the search and rescue department. And so if we'll do that, here's what the Bible says in the book of Joel. He says he'll even restore what the canker worm has eaten away. What is he saying? He's saying when when you think, well, the devil's just eaten up too much of my life. The devil's just come along and eaten up years or eaten up relationships or eaten up my money and eaten up opportunities and different things like that. Here's what God says. Oh, no. No, I can restore what the canker worm has eaten. And listen to this. You don't have to be perfect in order for God to do amazing things in your life. If you're here and you say, well, I've messed up. You, Craig, you just don't know. I'm sure you, you know, you've done better than I have and all, but, but I've messed up. Let me tell you what the Bible says. The Bible says a righteous man, listen, a righteous man may fall down seven times but he rises up again and God's trying to get somebody here who's fallen maybe for the seventh time or the 70th time to understand that you can rise up again you can you can rise up because God is able Deuteronomy we're going to look at this passage. I'm telling you, when I read this in my study, when I was in my office this week and I read it, I just had to shout in my office. So I don't know what you might have to do today, but I'm telling you, this, this is high-powered stuff. Because when we read this, here's what I, my prayer is, is that you would receive it for you. That you would receive it for you today. That you would feel like... The weight of these words that God is speaking them to you. That whatever it is you've lost, whatever edge you once had, whatever it is in your life, and now it's not there anymore. I want you to hear what God has to say. Deuteronomy. He says, God, your God, will restore everything. Somebody say everything. Everything you lost. He'll have what? Compassion on you. He'll come back and pick up the pieces from all the places 
where you are scattered, and there's some people in here that I know your life has been a mess. But look at what he says. No matter how far away you end up, your God, God, your God will get you out of there. You can't run too far. You can't run too far. You can't get away from him. But what, he'll chase you down and he'll bring you out of there and he'll bring you back to the land your ancestors once possessed and it will be yours again. The devil is a liar. He will give you a good life and make you more numerous than your ancestors. If you believe that today, act like it in this house, all right? Because God can defy gravity, he can defy death, he can defy destruction, and and you may be here and say, oh, Craig, that sounds awesome, but you know, how can he bring my child back? I lost a child. Or, or, you know, I I, I lost this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and it's it's gone, or, or, you know, I lost... Maybe you're a younger person, you say, well, how do I become a virgin again? I, I lost that. I didn't intend to really. I, it wasn't my life goal, and now it's gone. And yeah, yeah, those are tough situations, but here's what I want to say you can get your hope back. Oh, yeah. You can get your faith back, and you can get your joy back. And you may not be able to be a biological virgin again, but you can be a spiritual one. And from this day forward, you can know the hand of God, his blessing, his power, his anointing, his dream, his vision for your life. The full life hasn't ended for you. It's just under the surface. And I know a God who can bring it back and elevate it and bring it into your life again. If you believe that, shout unto God right now. Listen, don't give up on a God who won't give up on you. Don't give up on a God who won't give up on you because it doesn't matter. I, I don't need to know the details. Just where did it go? I don't need to know how it flew off. I don't need to know how you weren't prepared. I don't need to know, you know, what all you did that caused this to happen or whatever. That's not important. Just where did it go? Where did it happen? Because from that point forward, we're going in a new direction. God has promise. God has glory. God has goodness. God has redeeming power that he wants to show in your life. He's still a God that makes the impossible possible. And he'll do it for you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are a God who is more than enough. So God, today, even our mistakes, you factored it in and you work all things together for the good of those who love you and are called according to your purpose. Maybe you're here this morning. You say, Craig, I don't always get it right. And I've probably been closer to God 
in the past than what I am today. And if I were brutally honest, I've lost some of my edge, but I want to get it back. And I know I can get it back. I know I can be all God wants me to be. And no matter how far I've gone, I can come to him today. And if you're here and you'd say, Craig, I, I don't always get it right. And I have lost some of my edge, but I want to get my edge back today. I want to get all in with God. And whatever that means, I, I want to tune in to him and tune out all the other stuff. Will you just raise your hand and say, yeah, that's me today. Hands all over this room going up. Hallelujah. Father, we just raise our hand to you saying, sometimes we don't get it right. Sometimes we choose bad company that corrupts good character. Sometimes we hang out with the wrong crowd. Sometimes we don't show up to things we ought to show up for, and we do show up to things we shouldn't show up for. Sometimes, God, we, we do things that really aren't adding to our lives. So, Lord, today, we know you're the God who can resurrect where we've been and take us forward to where we ought to be. And so, God, I pray that today you'll do that in each person's life, that you'll restore, you'll refresh, and you'll renew like only you are able to do. There's others of you here while we're still praying that if you were honest, you'd say, I'm not living a full life in Christ. That I, I don't feel like my life's full in Him. And, and maybe part of the problem could be you think, well, I think Christians have to be perfect. Let me tell you something, friend. If we had to be perfect, there'd be nobody who's a Christian. Because nobody can live a perfect life. That's why we need Jesus. He is the only perfect one. And if you're here today and you need Jesus because of your imperfection, because of your sin, the Bible calls it, because of bad choices, bad mistakes in your life. If you're done with that, if you're ready to be resurrected in Him, if you're ready to live the life purpose that God intended for you to live and you want to surrender your life to Him today, I want to pray with you right here, right now, just right where you are. Just raise your hand and say, yeah, Craig, that's me. Yes, I see that hand. Yes, I see that hand. How many over here? God bless you. Over here, God bless you. Up there, God bless you. How many others? All around this room today, people raising their hand. Hallelujah. Lives are being changed and transformed in this place today. Come on, church family. Let's pray this prayer together. And especially those who raised your hand, just lift this prayer to him. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, Thank you for sending Jesus to die for my sin. I know I've sinned, but I want to start over. So please wash away my past. Give me a new beginning. From this day forward, I want to live for you. I want to live my life on purpose. Thank you for infusing my life with the power of your Holy Spirit so that I can live for you 
from this point on. In Jesus' name, amen.